14 days done and dusted and then what while many people at this point can tell the story of the 14 days of COVID isolation the current recovery rate in south africa is just above 80 percent all those individuals have a story to tell before i kick off the last episode let me start by saying thank you for following my story if you are only listening to the last episode let me get you up to speed. My name is Ngosim Nisi. I am a 19-year-old broadcaster living in the south of Joburg, particularly in Alberton. I have documented my self-isolation experience in this podcast titled My Journey with COVID-19. So Ngosi lives with his mother and siblings, uh, two sisters, one eight and another ten, and his grandmother and he's been isolating in his home and had to deal with how to keep his family safe and staying sane throughout the isolation and the insane cabin fever my first question to you Ngosi how was you know adjusting to being isolated meanwhile being at home because you tend to want to relax your efforts you know of being um locked into your room you're like well i can just hitty up to the bathroom over there and come back and uh, hitty up to the kitchen and come back so how was the adjustment for you i think i had to totally change the way i lived my life i had to change how i did things things you know were not normal anymore um i had to adjust to a new norm so first things first when i returned from seeing my doctor on that Tuesday, which was the 23rd of June, um, after testing as well, she said to me, you know what, you need to start living as if you've already tested positive because we don't have your results as of yet. So immediately when I got home, I, I had to go straight to my room and just sit there basically and think how I'm going to do this. We then discussed with my family, of course, now everyone had to wear masks around me. However, my sisters were not as aware of what was going on. They did suspect. However, they were just told not to, you know, come close to me. I think it also scared them a little bit because I'm very close with them. But then we then discussed that, you know, I'm going to use the bathroom um, with the shower um, and then my family would use the other bathroom with the bathtub. And also in terms of um, my meals and eating time, I had to pick out my own cutlery and my own, um, you know, bowl and um, my plate and what, what and whatnot. Um, then I would use that for the period of isolation, the whole 14 days. Also, that would also have to be sanitized before and after by myself. Whoever brought me my food had to wear a mask and sanitize before and after they entered my room. So adjusting to this new way of life for 14 days was not easy at all. I was so used to just sitting with my family and my family is a very intimate family. So we're pretty close. And we spend a lot of time together. So getting used to this was hard. You know, it took a very, very big 
psychological toll on me as a person and on them as yeah. well, not seeing me as often. So I must say it was not the easiest of things to do. It's it's definitely not a, a walk in the park. Uh, I can imagine that. You know, something that also comes to mind is how you speak of everything being sanitized and how you know you 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 had an extensive use of the sanitizer per se. Um, I'm sure the smell must have got to you at some point. No, absolutely, no, absolutely, and I think. But I, I had to, I had to really adjust to it quite quickly. Yeah. You know, I had to shift my mindset from feeling feeling a lot of self pity, and mm. and just being positive and telling myself constantly, reassuring myself that I'm going to be all right and that I'm going to get through this. You know, I it was not so long ago that I had lost my dad in May, and I just always remembered his words. My dad used to say to me. In, in, in times of trouble, you need to constantly reassure yourself that you're going to make it and tell yourself those words until you start believing in it. And I, ha- I did that every single day. I just said, listen, Kosti, today might not be the greatest of days and you're not 100% okay, but you're going to make it. So, yeah. Now, if you follow the podcast, you'd realize that some of the episodes are missing. And you might have asked yourself, why is that so? We have the man to answer for himself today. Nkosi, what happened? What happened to the other episodes? You know, I had to be very honest with myself on certain days. I wanted to pull through. I wanted to continue elaborating, speaking about my journey. But there were honestly days where I was not feeling well whatsoever. There were days where my body was just really giving in. And, you know, my immune system was really at war with the virus. And I could not, I could barely lift my body up. I could barely speak. That's how weak I was. I could barely finish a sentence without having to catch a breath. Um, I could barely do a lot of things that a normal healthy person does and I think it is important to note at this point in time that we take advantage of so many things in life um, as healthy human beings we take advantage of being able to speak without constantly feeling as if we're running out of breath we take advantage of just jumping up out of the bed every morning um, you know without feeling any pain or any heaviness or any weakness in our body so in being honest with myself, I had to really say, I'm really sorry, but today I just cannot. And I contacted the producer, you know, who co-produced the podcast series with me. And I said, I can't do it today. I'm really sorry. On some days, I was so weak that I couldn't even contact her and tell her that I can't do it today. I had to wait for the next day to see if I was feeling better to even get onto my phone. It has, however, been an interesting 11-episode journey to this point. Nkosi successfully recovered from COVID. Being a young man with no underlying symptoms, it sounded like a walkover. You have, however, expressed that it has been a difficult challenge. But I want us to recap a bit. Take us to the first episode. Or let's say, 
the first day you discovered that you have just tested positive for COVID-19? Like in time. You know, you touched a bit on the fact that I didn't necessarily have any underlying conditions or symptoms. However, I'm, I think it's important to note at this point that I was born with asthma. Um, however, uh, as I grew up, um, I sort of outlived it. Um, however, in around 2013, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was 2013 or 14, it suddenly came back into my life and I started experiencing shortness of breath when I do certain tasks. Um, mm -hmm. uh, because I was a very active person, I played rugby, I just tried to be really active in school as well because um, I also struggled with my weight. So I just always try, tried to um, do some exercise here and there. But then I started struggling with that. So I then also went for about a good five years struggling with asthma once again and numerous um, hospital stays. However, once again, I outlived it and I hadn't, you know, up to this point, I hadn't had an asthma attack in a couple of years. Mm. So it was a fear in the back of my mind and that of my family that the asthma would be triggered. Uh, but I think, you know, by the grace of God and, you know, just the, the strength of my immune system, it wasn't triggered. It didn't resurface. I just had shortness of breath here and there, but it wasn't to a point where I needed to be hospitalized. But yeah. also, this this also speaks to underlying, uh, or rather an underlying condition I have. Um, for two years, I've now been uh, living with PTSD, um, you know, chronic PTSD. Um, I've had to, you know, undergo a lot of, uh, hospital stays as well so i think that also speaks just to the mental ability you know how how much mental strength i needed to have and how much i, I needed to endure but i mm. think i had a great team i mean i had my general practitioner taking care of me i had my psychologist i had my psychiatrist during my whole experience with COVID, even after the 14 days of isolation because there were, I was still experiencing some symptoms, you know, namely a headache and mm. a diarrhea that I was experiencing. And my, my, my medical team was still there um, to take me through everything. So I think they did a, stelling, a stellar job, I beg your pardon. But also now, just going back to your question of the first time I found out and those symptoms, mm -hmm. um, I had visited a friend. Um, it, it, it was a very important visit, you know. I know at that point we weren't allowed to make visits, but I needed to see him. It was very mm -hmm. urgent. And I had commuted using e-hailing services. And upon my return, I left on the Friday, came back on the Saturday. Upon my return to my house on the Saturday, I was completely fine. However, on Sunday morning when I woke up, I had a very irritated throat. But I didn't pay much attention to it um, because I also suffer from tonsillitis. So I thought, oh, 
here we go again. We'll just have to go to the doctor and get some antibiotics and we'll be fine. However, on the Monday, I had a job interview in Park Town and I decided yeah. to go physically um, because I, it was just an irritated throat. I didn't think much of it. My temperature was fine. Um, upon return, um, in, in, in the e-hailing service that I used when I was returning from the interview, mm. I started experiencing a severe headache. Um, it, was, it was a headache that I have never experienced in my life before. And that I don't wish upon anyone. I got home. I took, you know, um, you know, you, you, your panado and those things and your mid lemon. And I thought, okay, let me sleep it off. However, I just couldn't sleep it off. I started sweating. And I think instinctively I knew. Instinctively I knew that I had commuted using e-hailing. I had been around a couple mm. of people over the weekend. And instinctively I knew that. Perhaps I have unfortunately contracted to the virus. So testing and going to my doctor, I already, you know, was preparing for the fight that would be. And indeed it was a fight. My family was extremely concerned and they were apologizing. I remember my mom saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I said, mom, you have yeah. nothing to be sorry about. Um, I, and I, and the, the weirdest thing was that I had tried by all means to, to, you know, stay, um, you know, stick to the precautions and regulations. I mean, I wore my mask, I sanitized like crazy, but unfortunately it happened. And I said to my mom, listen, you have nothing to be sorry about. We're going to fight this together. Do not panic. You guys just have to basically stay away. Um, it was hard for them to hear that, but I said, that's the only way you guys are also not going to get it. And I really thank God that my mm. family didn't get it. You know, none of them were sick during this entire time. But my mom and I joke now and say, um, we're ha actually having this conversation yesterday. We said, perhaps we did have it. We just didn't show any symptoms while they, she's referring Possibly. to them. <laughs> and, um, you know, but I was more worried about my grandmother. Yeah. Who is um, over 60 um, more than anything. But... Fortunately, they didn't, you know, show any symptoms if they even had it, or possibly they didn't have it at all. Now, Nkosi, you spoke of how important it is for your family to have shown you the support that they have, and you've also indicated how well your family has adopted to your situation. But you didn't tell me about the little girls. How were your sisters taking this? Um, you know, as I mentioned, the the girls didn't know. They suspected, yeah. uh, but I think we didn't want to cause panic because the thing is, they were still going to school during this time, and mm. we didn't want it to be a thing that they can't go to school because they are close, in close uh, proximity with someone who's infected. Yeah. However, we did see some advice. Uh, from my medical team on what to do and mm. they said you know what if there is no symptoms there's no need to worry but immediately when one of them presents the slightest of symptoms or the or my gran or my mother then you need to immediately stop them from going to school and you guys need to come and consult and you know uh, thereafter test as well yeah so 
also another thing to mention, I mean, the test um, is, yes, covered by medical aid, but now this is now you're talking about um, mm. about four people from the same household having to test. It is Ooh. quite a budget in the pocket. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, it's not something anyone plans for. So we had to weigh all those options and see what the best thing to do. And as I said, that fortunately, none of them had symptoms and just subsequently, none of them probably had the virus. Hi, um, my name is Ayanda Shongwane from Durban, KZN, and I'm Oskona Mnesi's friend. Um, how I took the news of Nkosi having contracted COVID-19 was mostly shock. Um, it came to me as a shock um, and I think it made me like as much as I didn't know that the situation is serious it made me believe more that it's really serious because now it's someone who's very much close to me a dear friend so I just urge everyone to keep safe and keep other people safe keep themselves safe and help with reducing the spread of this virus. Hi, um, my name is Misha from Medjand and I am Nisi's friend. When I found out that Ngosi had tested positive for COVID, I'm not even going to front. I didn't take it well at all. I remember that morning so clearly. He posted um, on his status that uh he had he got his results and that he had tested positive and that he was going into quarantine he was basically telling us not to worry and that he'd be okay i just remember commenting with question marks because i just i couldn't comprehend what that really meant that was just my brain refusing to believe because i was just i i I, I didn't know how to take the news at all. I didn't. I called him. No, no, he called me shortly after that because I'm sure he realized from my text that uh, this isn't sitting well with me. So he called me shortly after that. He called me down and his journey through recovery, oh, I, I've never seen or met anybody who could be going through so much, so much emotionally, physically, and yet stay so positive throughout. He was positive throughout his journey. I remember he'd call me. He'd call me and calm me down instead of me calming him down. Um, so, yeah, man. Angosi is a student at the University of Witwatersrand, and while all of this is happening, our 19-year-old broadcaster was still expected to conduct his studies. How was that going for you? How did you cope with your studies, being sick, and everything that's happening around us? I think I'd just like to say that 2020 has really tested my endurance has really tested my patience but also it's taught me that life is certainly a cycle and in being a cycle it is not a smooth cycle 
it has phases where the sun doesn't shine on the plant and phases where it shines to its utmost best um in just preparing for exams in general before covid um i was dealing with loss i had lost my uncle in jan uh, and subsequently my father in may um and exams were to begin the week after i had buried my father i think even without covid in the picture i was at a very weak stage my 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 understanding of things was very limited i did not actually comprehend what was happened i i hadn't digested anything i hadn't come to terms with what had happened so now coming to terms with the fact that i've lost people i've suffered great loss because my father was not only my father my father was my best friend my father was my twin you know wherever yeah. my father was and goes he was there so losing him was losing a part of me and now i also felt like i was losing myself you know and then being infected with covid 19 just intensified everything so preparing mm. to write exams yes it was online yes i could refer to my material but preparing to be in a state of mind where you able to produce things of highest quality and a high standard was the most difficult tasks that I've ever had to navigate in my life but I can't even tell you how I managed to not only pass my exams but pass my exams with this going through the loss of a father having to struggle with the stress of exams assignments and at the same time ngosi had to then fight for his life against covid-19 what has been your past time or go to music or activity to help you cope with this difficult time you know people that know me personally will know that in my car in my house the only thing that plays is gospel music um and i don't make an alternative at all Mm. Um so I I also discovered new artists along the way. Oh nice. I discovered new meaning to music, you know? I discovered different interpretations. You know, sometimes we listen to songs in moments of joy and we don't really understand the meaning of it. Mm. And such a song for me was the song It Is Well, which is a popular I'd say him you know in the christian community and i learned that there's a story behind that song of a man that had suffered the loss of his entire family and mm. after questioning god so much he finally got down and said it is well because it has happened and he has acknowledged that it has happened and now wants to move on and not carry pain anymore so i constantly reassured me myself brother with such music i constantly mm. wanted to find out true meaning i wanted to be inspired by songwriters journeys that they were going through when they wrote certain things you know um they there's a song by u dj zintle called umlilo which was a big hit in south africa over the december and festive uh, period mm. 
but that song makes such religious connotations mm. you know to say in times of trouble we need to listen we need to listen because in listening we'll find the voice of god telling us what we should do in such times so mm. that's what that, those was my favorite activities just listening to the song uh, to songs and music but not only listening to it but listening to understand listening to um get a message you know to extract a message listening to find strength from other people's journeys and i also enjoyed doing a lot of reading on covid-19 you know to see that perhaps in day 9 what do people often go to, uh, go through how far are they how are most people feeling at the end of the journey just to find a lot of strength and to also feel as if i belong to a community the, an extraordinary community of survivors of people that have um survived so those are my favorite activities to do those are things that kept me sane but it's uh, i can't can't go without mentioning my family and god i really got a new understanding of a higher power i really got close to the higher power that i refer to and it it was it was a journey it honestly was a journey it is a journey indeed and you spoke of the importance of listening and someone right now is listening to you and might have received the news that they are positive of COVID-19. They might be going through the same um, strenuous journey of having to discover that uh, they have this illness, which is about to take over their lives for a while. What would you say to them in closing of our conversation today? You know... I, I think the best way to to put it is that once again it is well. Don't go questioning why me, why now, and why my loved one or why my family. It is well, and I always say to people that the most vigorous tests in life have the most amazing outcomes ever. When you test it, you truly become a better, a stronger person. And it's going to be hard, you know. If you've been, uh, if you've tested positive, it's going to be hard. For some people, it's not going to even feel as if there's any change in that. My aunt tested positive. My aunt had no symptoms for fourteen full days. No symptoms. No cough. No sight of chest pains, no weakness in the body, no shortness of breath, and she was one of the fortunate ones. And I really wish that upon everyone, that you are fortunate enough to have no symptoms. But not only that, I wish that you are aware that you are positive, so that you don't spread the virus. Mm -hmm. Because that's another thing: is that a lot of people aren't aware that they have the virus. But mm -hmm. also, I think this also goes into regulating. Because now a lot of people that are asymptomatic, which means you're not presenting any signs or symptoms of the virus, are not permitted to test. But I think people should be given the option to test. I mean, we're sitting at a place where there's enough capacity now in hospitals mm. and in the health system. So we should be t testing people 
um, more so, so that people are aware. Because I think for me, majority of the people that spread the virus are people that don't know that they have the virus. You know, yeah. my aunt, um, yes, she didn't know, um, or rather she had, had no symptoms, but she was aware and she stayed in isolation for 14 days. So mm. I just want to say in closing that, you know, big up to all the survivors. Um, my sincere condolences to people that have lost people to the virus and continue losing people to the virus. But I mm. think if we really be, become a society of people that listen and take instruction, I mean, the cooperative govern, uh, governance minister, Dr. Nkosana Lamin Zuma, was speaking the other day. And basically, she echoed the sentiments that the government has no um, problem with us being a society that enjoys beverages and alcohol or tobacco products. But we need to do it in a responsible manner. We mm. really need to be responsible because it, 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 it's in those moments where we let our guard down that such viruses prevail in our society. So I think we're going to make it. I think we're going to make it if we stick to regulations, if we listen, if we obey simple rules of wearing our masks and sanitizing. A lot of people get tired of sanitizing because you go to a mall and each store sanitizes you from mm. the entrance until you leave. Don't get tired of that. Don't get tired of that. Don't get tired of wearing your masks. Um, don't get tired of social distancing. And uh, if we don't get tired of it, if we just hang in for just a little longer, I think we might be COVID-free very soon. Thank you for listening to Nkosi's Journey. I'm Freddie Mabitzela. This podcast is produced for VAWFM by Shoshotku, Nkosi Mnisi, and myself. Till next time.